Dave, what are you doing? You're like stuffing your face over there. I'm stress eating brain snacks. Oh, you've got brain snacks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have some. Awesome, thanks. These are mindfulness flavored. Oh yeah, it says uh, mindfulness. How, how do you make mindfulness flavored brain snacks? I don't know, maybe the people who are meditating when they, you know, died or, or oh. their brains were cultivated. They were harvested while they were meditating? That piece, you know, it's just kind of, I, I don't know, I don't, I feel like one of the keys to mindfulness is to not ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some questions are not meant to be asked about food, I guess. Yes. All right. Um, well, we we do have a, a great um, review, though, for Zombified, your source for fresh brains that uh, we can talk about today, right? That's right. The, the one from, from Sarah Evolves. Sarah says, Evolves. Awesome podcast. You'll never think about yourself the same way after listening to this. Yeah. Or after, like, you know, producing this. That's true. It really... <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually, that's what uh, today's episode's about. But first, we wanted to talk about uh, producing. One aspect yes. is uh, people... Or now we have people on our Patreon site, right? Yes, we're so excited to have people supporting Zombified on Patreon. We hope that you will join us. If you are already a Patreon, you are going to get a super sweet bumper sticker if you're supporting us for $1 a month. Um, and if you're supporting us for $5 a month or more, you'll get a bumper sticker plus a Zombified t-shirt. That's right. And, so, and, and you all have our gratitude on top of the t-shirt and the yes. and the bumper sticker yes, so, yes. we will um, mindfully be grateful to everybody all of our patreons yes. patron patrons so, and all of Patreon. our listeners so yes so yes um, we really appreciate you listening and we hope that you will consider going on patreon.com slash zombified and becoming a patron it's really not very much money it's like the price of one latte a month to support us that's actually if you yeah i mean can you get a latte for a dollar a month well the five dollars a month is oh yeah that's yeah. what i say so or like a really shitty cup of coffee is yeah, the like you could get i think there's places you get like a tea refill right? <laughs> <laughs> if you bring your own cup so, um, now today's episode is about mindfulness right that's right yeah so uh we recorded an awesome episode with mary davis during the first season where she talked about all sorts of techniques for mindfulness and dave you promised that you would try out all those things so this episode is a chance for us to chat a little bit about how all those things worked for you. And we also just end up talking about some other things, getting to know each other a little bit. All right. Well, let's listen to ourselves talk. Excellent. Hey, can I have some of those mindfulness? They're gone. Sticks? Where did they go? Oh, I've got them here. <laughs> <laughs> they no longer exist. So, all right. Here we go. <laughs> It's crazy, but it seems so logical. Try to fight it, but it's something psychological with you. Makes me act the way I do. I'm not trying to be over analytical. Retracing time to remind. 
Hey, Dave. Hello. So today, um, I thought that it would be good for us to chat a little follow-up from what we talked about very early in season one about mindfulness. Sure. Because um, we ended that episode and I was going to meditate. I was going to practice yeah. the gratitude yeah. and the meditation. And then I think the last thing was like exercise, right? Those were the three things. Well, so right before you came in here, I went and looked at the transcript uh-huh. from the Mary Davis episode. And the three things were meditation, gratitude, and then connection. Okay, and then the fourth was your choice. So she did writing, but okay. that was sort of like you choose what you want the last thing to be. Gotcha. Um, so I I did it for, I think I did it for like what I had said. Like I was like, I'm going to do it till the next episode. Yeah. And then, and then we just forgot to talk about it in the yeah. next episode. So um, the thing I remember the most was sort of the gratitude thing. I would sort of every night write someone a little note saying that, uh, you know, how much I appreciated my, you know, Whatever they'd done for me, I wrote one to like my aunt and uncle who had been like uh, a big influence when I was a kid. I think I wrote one to my dad. I might have written one to Rob, um, and uh, and that actually that went over really well. Um, probably yeah. like the sort of thing I should keep doing. Like it's like flossing my teeth where I do it, <laughs> like right around when I visit the dentist. So um, so what were the good things that came out of that? Um, well, I remember that I wrote the one, the one that I think I wrote to my, I don't, it's hard to say, but I remember people responded pretty well. Although I also do remember feeling a little awkward about it. Like it felt like this was a much more sort of emotional thing that I normally write. Um, Mm -hmm. But people did respond really well. uh, And I don't know if it had a huge change in terms of my own sort of interpretation of the world. Uh, But I think think people responded well. And then since then, Uh when I've, I've sort of gotten out of the habit of doing this as a sort of daily activity but I've still tried to make an effort to do these sorts of things of like you know like I got my mom some little chocolates at one point and I tried to like like get muffins for people in the office and things like that and I I think it's a I mean it's certainly a good habit Mm -hmm. to to get into. So you saw kind of a a positive effect on other people that you that you let them know that you felt grateful to them, but it, it didn't change your perspective that much? Right. In, so in terms of my sort of stress zombification, mm. I don't know that it cured it. And sometimes <laughs> I actually found the process a little, you know, it's because it's it requires this sort of social interaction that, like I know the other day when I was, I'd like gotten like muffins for people and then I was like hand, like going around offering them to people like in the office and I felt a little strange to be honest. And so, mm. um, so in some sense, I'm, I'm not sure. So it was stressful to be like being so expressive kind of about Yeah, that. yeah. It's stressful to sort of change my routine in any way. But I do think, 
I don't know. I think it's a good habit, and I wonder if I if I just keep at it, if hmm. it'll become more natural. This makes me think also that there's probably really big individual differences in the extent to which people would be stressed out by being expressive like that. Because like I imagine, like oh, like if I had some muffins, I'd like go around and knock on everyone's door and give them muffins, and like that doesn't feel stressful to me. Yeah, no, for me, it totally does. Because mm-hmm. I think, are they thinking, what's Dave's angle? Um, mm. and so, uh, well, so then that's actually, like, there's a whole other layer there, right? Of like, you know, if people are using those kinds of actions to like, gain, you know, favor, or like, you know, get someone on their side, or they're hoping to get something out of that in the future, and they're being calculating, like, the fact that there's this, like, background that people might use that as a strategy. Which I suppose I'm probably still doing, right? Like, I'm trying to, I mean, the whole idea of it is probably also to strengthen relationships, unless it's not, unless I should be going about it of a mindset of, this is the thing I'm going to do, and... I should separate myself from any concerns of how people are going to react or if people are going to like me more or like me less. If I just think, well, this is a nice thing to do and I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even then, it's like even in the most altruistic sense, I would want it to be a thing that makes the recipient have a better day. And there's a part of me that worries, does it just make things awkward for whoever I'm whoever I'm writing the note to or whoever I'm you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and so uh yeah I think there's also a difference between like doing something nice for someone to strengthen a relationship which could be a really like positive thing it's like intrinsically valuable to strengthen a relationship you know even if there could be some material benefits down the line if you're doing it because you want to strengthen the relationship I think that's really different than like oh I'm going to give you a muffin because I think you can do something for me. Right. Right. Those are really different, like emotionally and cognitively, psychologically, they're different. That's true. Um, Now, I think like with the like everyone who's in the front office, like they're already I'm already always asking them to do things like I can't imagine I would ask them to do more than I already do. (laughs) Yeah, Um, they're also pretty effing amazing yeah uh and so that's why we're i mean like here like we can't complain about front office people like making it hard for us to do stuff and blame them for things because they're so on top of everything no and and i'm so (laughs) not especially since it's been sort of my first year that i think like i've i've had a million requests and so uh so that's Mm -hmm. um yeah so uh but no so i think I mean, I think it's a good policy, um, and I think that I also think that it may have worked out well in the sense mm-hmm. that you know I think that people probably do appreciate yeah. those things. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting though because it sounds like now just going back to something you said a few minutes ago that you felt a little bit uncomfortable because you were worried that they were feeling uncomfortable by you doing it. So it's almost like this, like you know, <laughs> Shakespearean meta-representational <laughs> uncomfortability of awkwardness. <laughs> yeah. Um, and which might also go back to me overthinking things a little too much, right? Um, so uh, so that, that was that part of it. And then we have the meditation, which I was doing for 
I did that for, I think, about a month or two. Wow. Um, yeah. And like every day or just occasionally? Yeah, every day. Like, I think that was, it would you mostly it. be sort of before bed. I would listen to little YouTube meditation, like guided meditation things, okay. um, which was nice. Like, it was really relaxing. Um, and I think there was a point where, now I, I would sometimes still ruminate, and I still do ruminate. So in terms of like this being the, you know, the one-shot cure to stress zomb zombification, for me so far, it's not like I've, I haven't seen a complete turnaround. I've still, I still have the same sort of stress responses that I've had most of my life. Mm -hmm. um, Is it better though? Or was it better when you were regularly meditating? That's a really good question. Um, I think it was. Uh, and I should, because I've, I've stopped, like, the last few months. And my stress levels are high again. And I, I don't know what's the sort of causal link. Um, whether I stopped because it was I was stressed or... You should do like one month on, one month off for like a few months and yeah. gather data um, on your stress. I need <laughs> to somehow do it like blind though. So that, Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I could have I could have like random days where I try it, but I should try it again. I should try it because we're in. So we're in the middle of the summer, right? Um which in itself in Phoenix is, I think, adds to stress. Um, also, my kids are out of school. That, you know, is another thing that changes up our routine. Um, and, and we've got a lot going on here. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll try it again for a week and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So the other, the third thing, which I, I actually feel like we kind of talked about it, the connection bit, because the gratitude side, it seems like it was kind of leading into building connections or strengthening some of the yeah. connections. So that one, I'm not quite sure what is entailed beyond, right. So what is the... Yeah. So Mary, I think she was talking about just, you know, every day having some sort of meaningful connection with someone else, whether it's like a, a conversation or, um, you know, some sort of mutual recognition of each other, you know, some thing that was a social connection that day. That's an interesting one. So I didn't, somehow I missed that one. Like I just did the other two. Because then, that one made you feel a little uncomfortable? No, I think I just, <laughs> okay, I'm just somehow teasing. didn't process <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that was the, the, I think I was thinking the third one was like exercise. And so, mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to think now, like if I were to do that beyond the sort of gratitude one, it, it'd, be, it, it'd be nice to talk to Mary and see what, like, what are the, I don't know, what do you think are the sort of ways to sort of build connections with people? Yeah, well, I think doing meaningful activities together or even just spending time with someone where you're, like, wasting time. Like, didn't Winnie the Pooh once say that, like, a friend is someone who you waste time with? Or <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's true. So that's a thing that I've been doing sort of without thinking about it um, with some people I climb with. And it, it really, I mean, that one definitely has a big, um, a big impact on my stress level. Uh, but I'm still just not quite sure what the techniques are for how to sort of maximize my time spent connecting with people. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's about maximizing the time spent connecting. I think like being too like trying to manage it too much might actually get in the way of just like we're spending time together. We're doing something in each other's company and having a meaningful interaction. Like, I don't know that it has to be, you know, optimized. Yeah, that's true. I've been like, so I, I climb with Michael Barlow, who is a postdoc here. And we we go to the coffee shop and write a lot after we climb, which has been really nice. And, uh, and I think that sort of thing, um, you know, this is a nice sort of way to to just sort of be around other people um, while we're also getting work done. So yeah, um, you know, it's a thing that I used to do. Not a lot, but I, I found it's every once in a while I would have when one of my friends would have a sort of project. Like one time, we my friend Ryan who was actually, he was a grad student here, and his car door was broken. And he and I and our friend Brian all worked together to fix his car door. None of us are particularly um, good at that sort of thing. Um, Brian, Brian's an engineer, so he's, he's decent at it. But we, we, we figured it out, you know, with YouTube videos and things. And it was a really wonderful sort of day spent, like, all sort of working towards a shared goal. Um, so I think maybe what I might do between now and next time we have a podcast is try to figure out ways to do things like that. Yeah. So. Well, that's interesting, the shared goal idea, right? Because, I mean, there's like connection, like, oh, we're spending time together, we're doing something in each other's company, and then there's like we're spending time together trying to get something done that we both or all want to get done. And when you do it, it's like a bonding experience because you have like succeeded because of your cooperation and your coordination. And, you know, that might be a really powerful bonding mechanism. Yeah, I think, I think it could be because I think, I think I spend a lot of my time, like I'll go, I'll talk to people, you know, and we'll talk about our lives and we'll, we'll give each other advice. And I think that's nice, but actually that sort of thing of just picking a, Picking one concrete issue to then solve, I actually find that to be one of the more fulfilling hmm. things. So hmm. I think that's what I'm going to try to do between cool. now and I don't know when our next. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a long stretch mm -hmm. um, until our next podcast, possibly. Yeah. But, uh, well, and so then the fourth thing was the thing of choice, and you did like exercise for that, or not? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I did. I also did some writing. Okay. Um. And, but I don't know that I did that one that consciously in terms of like, I'm doing this as a mindfulness thing. I think at the time I just was like trying to wrap up something I was writing and I, and I managed to. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah. Mary was talking about it just as something that, you know, for her doing that every day, like 
you know, feeds her. Like it's something that for her, she just feels like it makes it a good day for her. So that's why she has it in her practice that she writes, I think. That's, a, that's interesting. I always, whenever I'm writing, I'm always more like, will I publish this? You know, and it, like it's yeah. very goal oriented. Mm. Um, and so mm. I rarely will write just like, like sometimes I'll like, have you ever done like one of those like wine and painting sort of things where you just paint the little picture for its sort of own sake? Um, I have been in bars drinking and focusing on drinking while other people have been doing that, but it's really, <laughs> I haven't I mean, done it myself. It's like a really nice, like then you end up with a painting out of it, but it's not like, I've never gone into it thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to sell this, you know, and I'll be yeah. the next Basquiat or whoever. Uh, but that sort of process of just doing a thing where I'm like, just like being present with it yeah. for its own sake. Yeah, but yeah. I never do. Like, I'm terrible at that. Mm. So, how about you? Like, so I know I was the one who made the commitment, but in terms of your day to day, how do you do you do these four things? Um, well, th- with the writing thing, I actually I have like a writing practice. So I've been doing more and more writing over the last couple of years, and I'm just finishing up my first book right now. Okay. Um, and, uh, I have started writing a lot more things that are just like things that I, I want to write. And so Uh I have a couple of things in my like writing practice. One is I try as much as possible to start my day with an hour of what I call writing of choice, where I just like, before I do email, before I do other stuff, I sit down at my computer and I write whatever it is I'm wanting to write at that moment. And so sometimes I might work on a manuscript that I'm excited about. Sometimes I might, you know, work on something new that is just like ideas that are floating around. Um, You know, sometimes I might spend a little time working on my book. Um, Uh But it's just like, that first hour is, you know, at least in theory, supposed to be just what I am wanting to work on. I really like that idea. I like the idea of also it just being like whatever, like allowing yourself of whatever you choose to work on that day. Because a lot of times if I'm like close to wrapping up a project that I'm writing, I'll sort of beat myself up a little bit if I don't. But I could see the idea of just being like, hey, in this hour, if I want to write one thing, that's fine. If I want to start something new, if I want to just write down my thoughts like that that's a really it's a really yeah. interesting idea and so. i find that doing that first thing in the morning is the key because if i like do some email and check twitter and like just try to get this one thing done that i have to get done then i can't have that like peace of mind to just sit down and be like what do i want to write because i don't even know at that point it's like too much other stuff has like occupied my brain that i don't even know <laughs> right, what i want to do writing a, a sort of tweet to respond to something that, that <laughs> bothered you like or whatever or yeah that. yeah so, it's like so. my brain has been parasitized by all of these other things you know by like 10 30 or 11 if i've done you know other things or worked on other stuff before i sit down to write sure. so it's, you know, that's a good idea. it's most effective if I just like get up early, do that, you know, <laughs> ideally like super early, like before the kids are even up or like anything is happening in my house. I, I rarely manage to, to do that. But I, when I, I do, that's the best. That's like the best writing is like, you know, getting up at 530 in the morning and like writing for an hour or two before everyone else wakes up. Yeah, A friend of mine has been 
pushing me to try this waking up at 4.30 sort of thing. And so I'm, I'm trying. I, I haven't succeeded. I keep hitting snooze. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's awesome. Like when you do it, it's awesome. But like the discipline to actually get up when you want to sleep, I find that I only very occasionally have that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's difficult. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, um, so, and then about? the other thing yeah. I wanted to mention with my writing practice actually is um, when I want to do like big things like this book that I'm almost done with, I just go away for two or three days and just write and don't do anything else. And that's the only way that I can get big writing projects done. Yeah. That's the only yeah. way. Yeah. Just and, and, but the thing is when I do it that way and get away from all the distractions, then I really like it and I can get into the flow and I feel like, yes, this is what I should be doing. This is what I like doing. But if I try to do it when there's all this other stuff going on, it's just like all of the stress of the things I'm not doing and the stress of feeling like I need to get the thing done that I am doing. Right. And I can't think yeah. big enough to do a big project. Right. Cause there's a lot you have to keep in your head. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's my my writing close. practice. And so, how close are you to finishing? Like super close. Like uh, final revisions after the second round of peer review. Nice. So. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Um, so, what about the other ones? The the gratitude and the connection the connection and then also the meditation. Meditation. Try any of those. Well, so. The connection thing, that's just, that's super important for me. And I'm like, I feel like every hour of my life, I like need to have some meaningful connection with someone, whether it's just like, you know, ordering a coffee at the coffee shop and talking to the person who is, you know. Really? So you, when you order a coffee with somebody, you connect with the person who's giving you coffee? If they are friendly, yeah. Interesting. Oh, so I, I, don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe not like when it's like super crazy and they're like, you know, there's 700 people in line and it would be hard for them to take a minute. But if it's a chill environment, then, yeah, it's like, how's your day? And yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit pathologically social, but I just like interacting with people and connecting to people. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, I think I'm sort of pathologically shy and so it's it's fascinating to sort of hear like about that other sort of existence likewise like when you're talking about like the muffins and giving people muffins and feeling awkward i'm like what's awkward you have muffins like they might share them muffins. and then also they might be pressuring them because i'm like well what if they're just like i don't want the carbs and now it's an awkward sort oh. of thing. so um yeah uh so uh i have gluten-free oatmeal bars yeah, with no sugar <laughs> whatever <laughs> i don't know um, so uh Okay, so so the connection it seems like you've got under control. Yeah, and and I mean if I don't get that, like I'm just depressed. Like if I'm not having like social interactions with people and, like and, all the time. And I do find <laughs> I'm the same. Like even yeah. though I don't necessarily get that a lot of mm. times, it, it I will just be like like hmm. quietly going through my life, and it but it does still feel isolating. Yeah, uh, and so. Uh, so then what about the gratitude and the meditation? The gratitude. 
I think for me, like the grat- like gratitude is part of my, the way I go through my life too. I just, oh. I really enjoy lots of things about life, like, you know, food and people and conversations. And I enjoy, you know, letting them know that I enjoy them, you know, so for me, it, it's kind of, I don't know. I guess I'm like more of an exuberant type personality where You're so well adjusted. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I mean, I think like people sometimes get weirded out by it. It's like, you know, why is she so excited about this? And why is she so demonstrative? And maybe, you know, does she want something from me? Because she seems to be, you know, like, but uh, yeah, that's just, uh, it's kind of part of my personality. So cool. now do you yeah. ever, do you ever try meditating? I, you know, I have done it sometimes, but um, I don't know that, like, I don't know if what I do regularly is considered meditating or not, but, like, I, you know, a lot of times in the evenings I'll, like, write in my journal and, like, sometimes I'm not just writing, I'm, like, you know, kind of just letting my brain go through stuff and get things out until I can sort of be at peace. And then, so I I don't think that really necessarily counts as meditating, but it's kind of similar to a meditative practice in some ways that. I don't think that counts. Yeah, it doesn't count. I think you're stretching. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, when I, when I would do those and I would listen to the little apps and things, it always seemed like it was like, you're trying to consciously clear your brain. Right. And when you think of a thought, you like have to, you label it which I could see being really useful, the sort of idea, especially since I'm like a ruminator, you know, yeah. and I'll, like if I could just be like, okay, I'm thinking through a thought that is about something I can't control and it's, it's making me miserable and I should just sort of label that and then let it go. Now I'm not there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, though, like when I'm writing in my journal, in a way, it's the same kind of process. It's like there's something that's bothering me or there's something that I'm thinking about and I like write it down and then I can let it go because I've like written it down. Interesting. Maybe I'll I'll try that. I'll try that as well. So um, I'll see how that goes. Yeah. And I, I also like do something maybe that's kind of like meditating sometimes when I'm trying to get in my writing zone, especially like when I go away for a few days and work on big stuff, I have to kind of like let a lot of the busyness of my brain stop to really like get into the zone where I can have my whole project like uploaded into my working memory. Uh And so sometimes I will just like sit outside, ideally like in nature and um, oftentimes I'll have like both my journal that like I write, you know, more personal stuff in and my like work notebook that I write work stuff in. And I'll just like wait to be done with like getting all that stuff out. And then sometimes I'll just sit there for a little while until I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. Hmm. So it's not meditation in the way that like you would do it with a app or with, you know, a um, like meditation practitioner or, or yeah. with, you know, your, you know, I don't cross my legs and sit on the floor and put my hands on my knees or whatever, but there are aspects of it, which are meditative. meditative. Okay. And you yeah. find it, it's effective in terms of sort of keeping your, your thoughts sort of under control. You know, it's not as much about like keeping them under control as it is about like 
letting them have the space to like go through my brain and run themselves out and be like ready to like not be taking up my brain anymore. Uh, see, so yeah, because mine never, mine, mine are like little sort of viruses. Un- yeah, like just replicating just, over and over again in there. Yeah, and they can live forever. Uh, like honestly, <laughs> really? Without, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I spent a good part of last month stressing over a decision that I felt I made poorly in 1999. What? Yeah. Uh, so. Um, I don't want to pry, but would you? It was, well, I was, I had a, right out of college, I had a pretty good job in the, like, doing, like, video production in the financial sector. And I was thinking, if I had kept that job for, like, a decade, I would have had a much bigger, a lot more money in the bank account. Instead, I decided I want to sort of write um, and... Uh, and so it's one of these things that has no impact now, right? Like, because it's like it's not like it's not like oh, I should go try to try to get that job instead of this job. Like, well, and like how were would you have known? How could you have possibly, you know, known then that? Um, yeah, I, well, that's a good question because it's like how. I mean, I could have known. Like, I feel like. Well, and do you think that you would actually be happier now if? You kept that job. That's a really tough thing to say. I prob I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Like, um, but I, you know, maybe. Like, I mean, the thing is, it's like I do think it's nice to have money, you know. And I think if I had kept that job, then that would have been over that decade. I would have probably made a lot more money than I did over that decade, and. So, yeah, I mean, like, if I could be in the same position that I am now, but just have that money in the bank, that'd be great. uh, Yeah, I mean, I think I I might be happier. Um, (laughs) So So everything about your life, the same, except having more money from having had that job in the financial sector for 10 years. Yeah, I think that sounds sounds pretty (laughs) nice. (laughs) Now... I don't know that there's a way I can achieve that, right? Because it requires time travel. Um, yeah. Uh, and no, there are some things where I'm thinking, you know, my son is at this age where he's trying to figure out what he should do with his life. And so in terms of gearing him towards different professions. And so you can be like, that, don't follow your dreams, follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's basically the lesson I think. <laughs> so, but uh, you don't know that you would have been better off if you would have if you would have so like if you would have actually stayed in that job where would you be now you probably would not be here right now having this conversation with me and working in the psych department right. here and um yeah no, that's true. And I like I like this job and I like what I'm doing. Now, I also have this thing where I'm like, I wish I had started this job. Now, this job didn't exist a decade ago. But right. there's part of me where it's like, man, I would have really liked to have had this job. And I don't know that I would have been qualified for this job a decade ago. So, but anyway, we're yeah. getting into these sorts of things where, but I just always think, oh, man, I should have always done different things sooner and different thing, you know. Um, yeah, but if you would have taken that job 
you might just be like a completely money obsessed asshole right now. Maybe. So um, <laughs> <laughs> you sound okay with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. Um, I, you know what? So I hated that. Well, I I was incredibly stressed when I had that job. Um, and to be honest, some of that stress, like even with this job, there's, there's a thing where when I have a job that I enjoy, cause it wasn't like, it was a, it was a fun job, you know, but then I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think sometimes probably part of why I ruminate over that is in this job, I also think, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And I, and I tell myself, just keep going because actually with that job, I ended up sort of having just like a terrible sort of panic attack. And I just like, and I quit, you know, I was just like, I, I can't do it, you know? And, and I think that, and that's still an issue that I sort of deal with in this job. And so I think, well, this is now I have a good job and I shouldn't like freak out. Um, and I don't think I'm gonna, like, I feel a little weird talking about this. Cause mm. I'm like, is, is Steve and Mary going to hear and be like, is Dave going to freak out? I think Mary has talked to me enough to know that stress <laughs> is a thing that I, yeah. that I deal with. But, uh, well, so then actually maybe it kind of makes sense that you're stressing about this now, right? Because if, you know, on some level you feel like, you know, yes, that first job was stressful and, you know, you left it partially because, of that and it could have been a good thing to stick with it and now you're in a situation where you have this job and it's really good but it's sort of stressful maybe like some part of your brain is like trying to get you to attend to like well you know yes you're stressed now but you should stick with this so that's actually that's true because in some ways it's like and sort of thinking about this idea of stress is this idea, like this thing I keep telling myself is, it, you know what, any any job is going to have some stress. And actually, I like, because like when I was in high school, I would have jobs that didn't have stress, you know, working like, at, like I worked at KB Toys and it was totally stress-free and it was boring. Like, um, it wasn't terrible. I liked the people I worked with, but it, like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel challenged at all. Whereas this job, I like, I do like the stress but well, the stress is still stressful. Yeah. So. Well, and that ties back to what Mary was saying about how not all stress is bad, right? In fact, right. a lot of stress is good. It's what, like, keeps us engaged. It, what It's what, you know, makes our lives interesting. And so it's not a matter of, you know, making your life stress-free, but it's a matter of, like, figuring out how to, you know, cultivate those things that give you the, you know, positive stress and minimize and kind of manage those things that are inevitable and that create negative stress. Yeah. Um, and I, th and that's like, that's where I, where I would like to get to is just the sort of thing where I'm just like putting aside thinking about like, if I could just remind myself, just, just keep showing up and keep doing your job and like that. And then stop thinking like, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that throughout other parts of my life? Um, 
like that that's where I would like to get yeah. to you know it's what I like mean? The, where, I'm, where I'm responsible but I'm not freaking out all the time yeah and so. being present right that's yeah. part of what Mary yeah. also talked about like I'm here now and that would she say like light a candle where you are like this is where I am right and this is <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah and I think I even said this in the thing where when I'm I'm the least stressed at work right when I get to when I get to work I'm looking at this the projects that we've got going on and I have efficacy about mm-hmm. how well yeah, I you do. can get shit done yeah and, but then when I go home like I can't really do the stuff like sometimes I'll send emails or whatever but the the work stuff I can't really change and that's where my mind tends to just wander and mm. in, like and I just end up stressed so so are you ready to go home now because uh all right well i think i might actually stay and keep working (laughs) all right you do that all right and if the whole world says that we're crazy we don't need nobody anyhow but if you don't want to fall in love you better tell me right now and if the whole world says that There you go. That's how I. Uh, that's how I incorporated Mary's advice. Excellent. So, yes. Uh, so, I'd like to just once again say thanks to the people who are supporting us on Patreon, and remind everyone else that if they want to, that would be wonderful. It's it's a pretty easy process too. Um, I've I've signed up for Patreon things before, and it's pretty quick. Uh, and so. Uh, and then there's a bumper sticker and a t-shirt involved bumper sticker if you at a dollar a month and a t-shirt at five dollars a month yeah so, yeah so please go on patreon and become a patron of zombified and help us make more episodes with fresh brains yeah so uh, yeah so thank you to all of you for listening thank you to the department of psychology for supporting us as well as asu in general especially the Interdisciplinary Cooperation Initiative and the Lincoln Center for Applied Ethics. Thanks also to the Zombie Apocalypse Medicine Alliance and to all of the brains that help make this podcast. Thanks to Tal Ram, who is our awesome sound producer, to Neil Smith, who does our illustrations, to Lemmy, the creator of our song, Psychological, and to all the members of the Z team in the Actipus Lab for your help making this podcast happen. Thank you for listening to Zombified, your source for brain snacks. Yum. I know it's crazy, but it seems so logical. I can't deny that there is 
Supernatural with you.